everybody, how's it going? This is Hub, and welcome to the 19th episode of Teen Titans Wasteland. It's a podcast, which you probably knew, where we discuss the ongoing adventures of the Teen Titans. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, if that's the sort of holiday that you celebrate. If not, I hope you had a nice week anyway. I got nothing. I'm loopy on tryptophan still, even though it's like three days later, and... Ah... Whatever. Let's get into this shit. It's a synopsis, it's synopsis time. I can't think of anything to rhyme with synopsis. Teen Titans number 16, August 1968. Written by Bob Haney, drotted by Nick Carty. Teen Titans Roll Call. Aqualad, Robin, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, The Dimensional Caper. The Titans have been summoned to Hillsdale High at the request of one Chet Walters. It seems he has a crazy story that no one else will believe. Chet is tired of being hassled, so he asks the Titans to help vindicate him. Upon arrival in their apparently silent helicopter, the teen heroes decide to do what they do best. Eavesdrop. Chet has been called to Principal Down's office where he is being hassled by his dad and the principal. Chet is convinced that the school exists simultaneously in different dimensions, and the two authority figures would sure like him to shut up about it. When they suggest that Chet should be taken to a psychiatric facility, Chet disagrees strongly and flees, jumping through a plate glass window. That should prove to everyone that his mental health is uncompromised. Our heroes decide that since the conversation they were listening in on seems to have ended, they may as well go and try to talk to Chet. As Chet runs away from the school, he is mocked viciously by his classmates. He tries to approach his girlfriend, Sally, hoping for some sympathy, but no dice. She thinks he's crazy and that being seen with him would hurt her reputation. What a bitch. Wonder Girl spots the distraught teen and scoops him up, carrying him to meet the rest of the Titans who are eager to hear his story. Chet tells him that his problem started a few days ago when his pals dared him into climbing the water tower in order to misspell some graffiti on it. He took the dare, but after writing his weak-ass tag, he noticed that one of the rivets on the tower was glowing green. When he touched the glowing rivet, he went on a psychedelic freakout and ended up in a building identical to his high school. Sounds reasonable so far. Then he ran into a bunch of green-faced guys with purple bodysuits and ray guns. They started chasing him, he ran for a while, and then suddenly found himself back outside the water tower. Since then, he's been trying to warn everyone about the extra-dimensional menace, but for some reason, nobody seems to believe him. Aqualad and Kid Flash think that Chet is straight-up bonkers. But, Robin's recent adventure in Limbo makes him pretty open-minded about believing in some weird shit, so they decide to poke around a bit. Chet shows the team the glowing rivet he was talking about and feels validated because when Robin touches it, the five teens are transported to a version of Hillsdale High filled with Raygun-wielding green-faced jerkwads. The teens flee the otherworldly jerkwads, and thanks to Wonder Girl's magic lasso and a smokescreen created by Kid Flash clapping chalkboard erasers at super speed, they manage to escape to the school library. After knocking some shelves over onto their pursuers, the teen heroes hide in the boiler room. That works for about a second and a half until Aqualad accidentally leans on the fire alarm. Oh, Aqualad. He redeems himself somewhat by turning a fire hose on their foes, and after a brief scuffle, the Titans manage to evade capture and get back to their bread and butter. Eavesdropping. They hear the purple-clad greenies reporting to someone they call Leader One. Leader One's voice is very familiar. Is it because he is commander of the Gobots, who turns into a fighter jet? Sadly, no. It is because he is Mr. Downs, Chet's principal. No wonder he wanted to question Chet's sanity. Fuck that guy. 
turns out that in this dimension, Mr. Downs is a mutant and is the only one there capable of traveling between the dimensions. At least for now. You see, the Sinister Principal and his pals are working on a machine that will allow the rest of their pals to travel to our dimension and are planning an invasion. Oh shit! That's the last thing the Titans want to have happen. So they send Kid Flash to run in and mess up the machine. The speedster vibrates through the device, which does indeed mess it up, but it doesn't have quite the effect he was hoping for. Instead of it blowing up or something, the machine starts beeping and booping and randomly transporting people from one dimension to another. Suddenly, the students from Chet's school are face-to-face -face with the extra-dimensional menace that he had warned them about. The Titans do their best to evacuate the students from the school, punching as many green-skinned invaders as they can along the way. Fortunately, the school has a swimming pool in it, so Aqualad gets to do that thing where he pulls people into the water to punch them. Hooray! Back at the school's lab, Chet ends up face-to-face -face with the traitorous Leader One. He gets to live the teenage fantasy of KOing his principal. Unfortunately, during their Donnybrook, the erstwhile Mr. Brown's ray gun goes off and blows up the extra-dimensional machine. For some reason, that sends everybody but Chet back to their original dimension, and also blows up the water tower that served as a gateway between the two schools. Things look pretty grim for old Chet, but good news! Kid Flash has a hunch that if he runs super duper fast, he can travel between the dimensions and rescue Chet and run back. Huh? That doesn't make any sense. Oh wait, he's going to run around in a circle first. Oh, that changes everything. Carry on. Of course, Kid Flash's plan works. Hooray! And also, the energy waves of Kid Flash running so fast cause the school in the other dimension to explode. Sure, why not? I guess the citizens of the DC Universe can rest easy knowing that it will be quite some time before their world will have to deal with people with green skin. Or any other colored skin for that matter. Everybody apologizes to Chet, and the Titans head home. Yeah, so all that shit happened. Joining us now is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, nice to see you again. You as well, sir. Thank you. We just had a very nice Thanksgiving the other day. I am still on a bit of a trip to feign stupor, so you'll have to forgive me. You must. I insist upon it. So, what'd you think? I'm going to go out on a limb and say this one was, in a way, almost weirder than some of the other ones that I've read in the past. And I feel bad about saying that because I feel like maybe I keep saying that. <laughs> I feel the same way, but I also completely agree with you. It wasn't <laughs> that this one was necessarily the weirdest. It was up there. But I feel like it might be the one that made the least sense. It was a little tough to follow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm used to I'm used to criminals doing things badly or sure. you know, making things needlessly complicated. Right. But you know what in a way this one kind of reminded me of was the feeling that I got from watching Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> like, why why did why did those South American Central American communists and Russians attack that high school? There is a very Red Dawn that is a really good call. I had not thought of that. It has the same fundamental problem with Red Dawn, which is, okay, I get that they're bad guys, but why are they doing this? It, what is the goal of their invasion other than they're bad and therefore they invade? Also, you know, ostensibly this other dimension is coming into ours to, like, take it over right. for their nefarious purposes. Right. And it's, like, one, like, bald principal guy and um, maybe 50, like, green dudes in purple jumpsuits with ray guns. Yeah. Maybe 100. He may have had a more vast army, and that's just the initial staging. Like, maybe that's just how many people could fit into the high school, and mm. they're all hanging out right outside of the high school, and that's just, like, the 
gateway in. But yeah, there was another thing that was weird about that, which was the Titans mostly spent their time running away from the green-skinned. I I keep wanting to call them aliens, but they're not Mm -hmm. aliens. They're whatever they are. They're just... Dimensional zombies, I believe. Right. Um, Aqualad referred to them. Well, and they just got called as, like, dimensional beings, which is like, that's everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, we're, we're not in a dimension. But there's this thing where the t- the Titans are constantly running away from them. But then as soon as they stop running away from them and fight them, they do great. At no point do they seem like they're in any real danger of being overpowered by them. Mm-hmm. I guess they have ray guns. They don't really know what the ray guns do other than mess up machines. That's the other Red Dawn aspect to this, though. All the bad guys are terrible marksmen. Yeah, there there is that. But But my thing was... I wonder if the reason that they never actually fight them is, sure, they've got superpowers and are amazing martial artists and stuff, but those aliens are grown-ups. And I think that might be, like, the whole rift, and that's something that I think kind of comes up in the Teen Titans to an extent, is, yeah, we're super-powered, but we're still teenagers, so on a certain just intrinsic level, they're Mm grown-ups. Of course we're running away. And that's, I think, what was interesting about the choice of the uh, the antagonist in this was that he's, like, the, the ultimate authority figure. He's for, the principal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, and that, he looks kind of like Gene Siskel. He does look kind of like Gene Siskel. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Not the you Gene didn't Siskel see... thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that he, that he would be the evil leader? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't really either. It, it didn't surprise me that much, but I also didn't. It wasn't like, yeah, of course it's him. Mm-hmm. You saw that there was a person that was sneaking in, so you knew there was going to be some kind of Scooby-Doo moment. Mm-hmm. And we'd really only encountered two other people so far, mm-hmm. his dad and mm-hmm. the principal, unless it was one of his nameless classmates. Or it could have been Sally, because she was a bitch. Man, yeah, what a shallow woman. She was terrible. I'm going to read her dialogue. Yeah. She's only in, I think, one panel. And then her influence spreads to, like, three of them. Yeah, she's not nice. She had previously been Chet's girlfriend. I felt, I feel, you feel for the guy too. Oh, he's yeah. like, this is the one person that is going to understand me. Yeah, he's just been through the ringer from his classmates. Just, they act in the same way towards him that the Smedleyville teens acted towards Garn. That way back in issue two. Mm-hmm. Where they're just over the top jerks. And to the degree that you think, oh, maybe he is going kind of crazy because it's so stressful and traumatic for him that there's a that weird, creepy funhouse scene where he's running yeah. past them and there are these giant, distorted, kind of green and yellowish... Yeah, faces of all of the people that are oppressing him. And it really, it, it creates a very oppressive kind of, oh, going crazy type of mood, kind of like Robin was going mm-hmm. through in the, gargoyle. in the gargoyle issue. But so he he's really freaked out and he's like, even my own classmates think I've fallen out of the tree. Sally, she won't let me down. After all, she's my chick. Mm. Sally. And he yells for her. And her response, and she's kind of like tossing her hair over her head and walking away from him. She won't even look at him. Mm. And she says, sorry, lover. I can't see any guy who goes around telling kooky stories. Terrible for a girl's reputation. And very uncool. You don't exist. You're in some other dimension. Z- Goodbye. <sighs> Harsh. And he's devastated by that. You start to wonder if, like... I didn't start to wonder if he was crazy, of course, because mm-hmm. going into it, it's called the Dimensional Caper. You know, he's right about this. He's mm-hmm. contacted the Titans. Yep. But I was kind of wondering if maybe, like, it was an invasion of the 
body snatchers type thing where those really weren't his classmates or something. They were. They're just jerks. And Sally just sucks. Yeah. High school. Yeah. Oof. All over again. God, poor everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Overall, it, it does a good job, especially in the early things, of conveying this sense of, like, ominous... Mm-hmm. oppressive, questioning your sanity type mm-hmm. thing that had been brought up in the gargoyle issue a lot. So when they first show up at the school, their helicopter is in silent hover mode. That's not a thing. It is for their helicopter an airwolf. I think they might have airwolf. You know, last time I brought this up, you poo-pooed the idea. That it might have airwolf? Yeah. I was a fool, Corey. <laughs> Thank you. Clearly, the Teen <laughs> Titans own airwolf. I had my sister. <laughs> You're a real Chet Walker. (laughs) Yeah, nobody believes you until it's too late. Chet Walters, sorry. Is Chet Walker the Hardy Boys pal? (laughs) Oh, probably. Chet seems like one of those names. I know Chet is the the first of their their husky pal. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since I've I've read the fine works of Mr. Dixon. Oh, Corey, Hmm. they're terrible. You know, I, I'm i pretty sure that's the case, but really I haven't read them since I was maybe eight or nine, so uh, I don't want to revisit it. I want to keep my happy memories okay. of thinking that... My, my wife and I have been reading a lot, them aloud to each other on road trips. <laughs> um, Why would you do such a thing? Because it's fun. Okay. Um, but man, they really are not kind to poor Chet. Mm. Chet Morton, I think his name is, maybe. But yeah, he is their husky pal, and every time they mention him... They are calling him fat, or the narrator is calling him fat. Mm. And he's really good-natured about it, but I'm like, geez, cut shut some fucking slack. I get it. Yeah. No, it was, a, it was a harsher time in some ways. Yeah. The other thing, if you ever run out of adverbs, just look at one of those books. Everybody says something somethingly. Mm. It's like, said he said nervously. Mm-hmm. He stated angrily. Mm-hmm. Adverb for every dialogue. Just so you know. Yeah. It really paints a word picture. Yeah. Also, everybody is described by their hair color, which is actually useful for me. Ah, sure. Yeah. Keep them. Keep them straight. Keep them straight. And that has been our episode of Hardy Boys Chat. (laughs) You guys thought you were listening to a comic book podcast. Yeah. We're talking about real books. Yeah. Highbrow shit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to the Teen Titans. I'm sorry, helicopters can't hover silently unless they are Airwolf. Mm-hmm. And Airwolf had not been invented yet, so... Far as we know. Touché. The other thing that surprised me early on is how unperturbed by their protagonist being a graffito they are. It's, uh... Like, they're fine. Like, that going and fucking tagging the side of the water tower is just... They're impressed by it, actually, because it was so brave of him to climb that high. And that's just typical teen hijinks to them. Who was it? Was it it Aqualad that was like, oh, they spelled it wrong? Yeah, Aqualad is like, oh, they spelled it wrong. And Robin's like, that's all part of the gag, man, because they Mm -hmm. spell class with a K. Mm -hmm. And it says class of 68, but with a K. Yeah, I think they just, that that was a moment of them identifying themselves clearly in the teen versus the adult camp. Okay. And that's just this high school hijinks, right? It's this graduating class. It's what a do moment you think? of passage. It's harmless to climb up sure. on this water tower. And... Now, do you think the gag that he was doing that was spelling class with a K instead of a C, was that perhaps bringing to light the poor nature of the education that they were receiving? That was my assumption. Or is he pointing out the intrinsic racism in his town? 
class with a like K. Like spelling America with a K. Mm-hmm. Spelling class with a K. Uh, I was thinking it was the former. Okay. Good to know. There's not a lot of overt social commentary <laughs> in this issue. How can you... In this, in this issue. Okay, you're right. There's a lot of covert social commentary. You can read between the lines as, oh, much, yeah. as, as much as you want. Thank you. I will. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, so then Chet, like, when he, he's being told that he should go to a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. he just bursts through a plate glass window when he's running away and yeah. is completely <laughs> unscathed by it totally and just like, is hightailing it out of there. If somebody's saying that they're worried that you're crazy, jumping through a window... <laughs> yeah, probably not going to convince them otherwise, but... It's kind of a baller move. <laughs> oh, man. Badass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, fuck this man. Jumping through a window. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then after that, it's like, presumably, he, he they, you didn't see it in the panels, but uh, I think that may just be because of the comics book code. He must have just been covered in blood. It would stand to reason. And his classmates are still just like, oh, there goes Chet. He's crazy. Yeah. That's what crazy people do. They jump through windows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I remember, like, the glass in high schools is thick. Yeah. And sometimes has that. Um, it's got that, the little that, wiring yeah, in it, mesh yeah, in it to keep crazy well, chats from jumping through windows. Chet's a powerful guy. I mean, he straight up KOs Leader One, mm-hmm. which yeah. is pretty badass. Oh, yeah, he was he was a husky, not husky, but uh, he's, a, he's a, you know Chet's kind of stop chet. You're oh man, stop chet shaming. <laughs> <laughs> All chets are husky. <laughs> so wrong. Sorry, chets. Sorry, chets everywhere. I take it back. You're not all husky. But if you were, if you are, it's cool too. It's fine. Did you see any reason why the water tower would be a gateway into the high school None dimension? whatsoever. And the fact that it's one, as they pointed out, one out of thousands of rivets holding this water yeah. tower together just happens to be... A secret button. Yeah. That you push and sends you to another dimension. Yeah. And that, okay. Which is painted green. Right. So you know which one of the rivets. Well, otherwise, that would be a huge pain in the ass. I can see why they would paint it green. Here's the thing. I get that Chet's story is a little bit far-fetched. I wouldn't have believed Chet either. I would think you should probably see a psychiatrist. Yep. But if for no other reason than to placate him, I would go along with him and be like, okay, I will look at the water tower. It's easily proved one way or the other. Sure. Why wouldn't somebody go up there and look at it? Liability and laziness. The two elves that are the downfall of our society. That thing, he was scared to be up there because it's very windy. And also the principal had erected a barbed wire fence <laughs> around it to keep anybody from going up there, which we now know. Okay, but they did that after, like, after to keep him away after window. the story. Yeah, It just strikes me as the kind of ridiculous thing that you see on TV sometimes. Where, or it would be if, like... Look over there. There's something about to attack you. It's like, no, I'm not going to look. It's like, mm-hmm. please, you lose nothing by looking. <laughs> no, I and when I read that part too, I my first thought was like, oh man, I really hope that it still works when the Titans go up there. Oh yeah, otherwise he's going to look like a total bozo. Yeah, well, it, what they could do is just and easier than erecting a barbed wire fence, just paint a few other ones green. You know, mm. or paint over that one, paint it a different color, a lot mm. of different colors in the rainbow. I guess they like green because their skin is green. Only the hench people. Well, I think only the hedge people? Hench. Oh. Doctor, or sorry, I don't Wait. want him putting on airs. Mr. Commander number one. Down is a mutant among them, which is why he has uh, Caucasian colored skin <laughs> instead of green colored skin. Ah. 
I'm assuming. It's possible he's wearing a disguise, but they do specifically point out that he is a mutant, that's... and that's why he's able to travel from one dimension to another. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who can do it. Kid Flash makes his great mistake. <laughs> oh, man. Kid Flash makes a couple of big mistakes. Yeah, what a boner. And... <laughs> That's what they used to call mistakes. I know, I know. And I still am delighted by that every time I hear it. So does Aqualad. <laughs> when he leans against the fire alarm. Oh, when he's trying to make a joke. But I, I do want to get back to the, the water tower thing just briefly. Because when he first pushes the button, when he's telling his story of how he did it, mm-hmm. did you catch, like, so when he goes on his psychedelic trip, what it reminded him of? All I remember is him saying, what's happening? Okay. It reminded him of something? Oh, yeah. He hadn't been that freaked out since... Oh, sixth grade. No, not sixth grade. His sixth birthday party. Oh, sixth... Yeah. Which, I was like, okay, maybe I was a super late bloomer, but I hadn't freaked out like that since I played Spin the Bottle at my sixth birthday party. And when the universe stopped flipping... Okay, first of all... (laughs) That must have been one crazy-ass game of spin the bottle if it sent him tripping through other dimensions. That's too young. And, yeah, he's six playing spin the bottle? It wasn't so long ago he was drinking out of a bottle. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I... Okay, I remember that now because I remember shaking my head. Yeah, he, he's too young. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, at first I was, like, I was translating it to sixth grade and being like, that's a little bit precocious, but mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And, like, not just that he was playing Spin the Bottle, but that it was such a good game of Spin the Bottle, and it affected him so deeply that his universe flipped. That's yeah. some good kissing. Or traumatic. Or traumatic. Either. There's a few little things like that that crop up in this issue that I'm just like, wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. What? The other thing is, when he's running away, he's like, he, he says something along the lines of, uh, man, if the track coach could see me running like this, I would win my letter for sure. In capitals. It's like, okay, you only get one letter and it's always a capital letter. <laughs> That's yeah. how the varsity letter thing works. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Chet isn't the greatest athlete. That's fair. Yeah. He's a pretty good, he's, he's, he's strong. He's, uh, he is strong. Strong enough to knock out a principal. Yeah, a, a grown-up principal mm-hmm. from another dimension. Yeah. Who's a mutant. That's pretty badass. Who wants to invade the country for some... Mm-hmm. Or not the country, the dimension for Or at least some the, reason. the county. Yeah, the, the school. <laughs> He's going to start <laughs> small. He's thinking globally and acting locally. Yeah. And the other thing about Chet that I really do appreciate is he is braver than Robin is. Because when he went to another dimension and he thought it might be a threat, he told everybody about it. Mm-hmm. Robin, once his thing ended with the other dimension... Yeah. And, and Robin brings it up in this, too. because mm-hmm. If it wasn't for him, the other Titans would have thought Chet was uh, bonkers from the get-go. Chet was just crazy. Mm-hmm. And he opts not to tell them about what happened when he was in limbo. Well, they don't remember. They don't remember, but so what? They they woke up in a graveyard and didn't know where the fuck they were. And he was, at the end of it, he's just like, he's like, what happened? And he was just like, you wouldn't believe me. And he walks away. Mm -hmm. And they were all like, yeah, you're probably right. I guess we wouldn't. Yeah. And I love. We do all think you're a liar. (laughs) Yeah. And I also appreciated in that scene where he's like, "Uh, you know, I know about dimensions. I had this whole thing with the gargoyle and blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to tell them about it. it Better make a big speech. Yeah, and he does. And he just kind of, he makes a speech about like, well, we need to check into everything because we've seen some weird stuff in our life. And everybody's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the boss. 
I think they would have had the same reaction if he's like, well, I did go to Limbo and you guys did turn into giant fin phantom jerks and beat me up and let this weird gargoyle dude into our clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And he took my mask off. Oh, it was so embarrassing. But fortunately, I had some tiny pliers <laughs> at all times. But enough about me. <laughs> Let's help this Chet fellow. Indeed. But Chet, no, he goes ahead and he flat out tells everybody. He is much braver. I think Robin was worried that people would react to him the way that they did to Chet. And yeah, he never put brought yourself it up. in Chet's shoes. I would have been like, shit, man, lock me up. I have lost my shit. Yeah, no kidding. I'm nuts now. Yeah, this is a bummer. Mm-hmm. I thought I saw some shit. Yeah, give me the drugs. Yep, all of them. <laughs> Stat. The artwork in this is great. Artwork is great. It is back to uh, Nick Cardi and only Nick Cardi doing the art. And he does the cover too. And it's really cool. It is. The cover is really good. The cover is really good. It's. I gotta stop saying it's my favorite. I don't think I necessarily like it better than number 14, the the gargoyle issue. Mm. Uh, the one where they're all chanting, quit, Robin, quit. But it is mm-hmm. up there. It did mislead me as to what was going to happen in the comic book because I thought they would be having some kind of a thing where they went inside of a book. Yep. Because the conceit of the cover is it all takes place over a giant book that three of the Titans are running by and then all of the extra-dimensional guys are swarming over the top of the book and dragging Wonder Girl inside of the book. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh, I wonder if they're going to go inside Ivanhoe or something and have to like have some nightly adventures. But they don't. They do have an adventure sure. of sorts. But no, the, the artwork is, is great in this. And I, I just love me some Nick Cardi. He's dope. There's some nice stuff that happens. I like that Aqualad gets to pull the bad guys into the pool and beat them up. He really messes with them, too. That whole scene <laughs> just tickled me because it, it has this feel of like... Well, first of all, okay, the bad guys are pretty lame bad guys. They, oh, they, totally. They, they're very bumbling. They all kind of look the same. They're all kind of directionless. Right. And they've done some research on Earth creatures, mm-hmm. but apparently not a ton. So you got, you got like 15 bad guys standing around a pool, basically, and they don't know, you he know, Aqualad. Is breathe, Aqualad. Right? So they're just like, okay, this kid jumped in the water. Um, the humans need to breathe. Yep. We'll just wait for him to die. and Or wait for him to come up and then we'll shoot him with our ray guns. Yeah. And so then, then they're just waiting forever because he's Aqualad. So he just, I guess, like taking a nap or something down there. He's just messing with him actually yeah. because the I almost felt bad for the the green guys. Yeah. Just because it had this sort of horror movie feel to it, where they're all standing around like, <laughs> waiting for something to happen, and all of a sudden this hand shoots up and like grabs an ankle, <laughs> yes. pulls the guy down, and like at that point all the other guys were like, "Oh shit, what's going on? What's happening?" And then I imagined it all then like happening really fast. Like he just starts grabbing guys, and <laughs> at one point his two legs like shoot up out of the water and knock a guy yep. out and then zip back down and all oh, those poor henchmen were it was like, fun he uh, there are some nice aqualad moments there's we, we mentioned before he's he's starting to make some kind of a joke about something when they're hanging out in the boiler room and he just leans back against the fire <laughs> alarm and sets off the fire alarm yeah and he's so he's clearly trying so hard to look cool and casual while he's doing it it's like oh aqualad you're trying so hard yeah he tries. and they are pissed at him Robin particularly is short with both him and Kid Flash a few times in this. Mm-hmm. And Aqualad does redeem himself by turning a fire hose on the bad guys and they all make their escape again. The other Aqualad moment that I really like, they're flitting between which dimension they're in because the machine is hate going haywire. Yeah. And they decide to meet up in the cafeteria. <laughs> Both Kid Flash and Aqualad, which they're kind of presented as a unified force in mm-hmm. this. It's yeah. 
And that's been something that's been going on in the past few issues, I feel like. When they were with the hippies, it's Aqualad and Robin are are more square. Mm -hmm. And in this, they're like, no, this check guy's crazy. I don't want to do this. And then Robin and, to a lesser extent, Wonder Girl have to convince them Mm -hmm. of what's going on. But, yeah, Aqualad and Kid Flash show up in the cafeteria and are like, ooh, let's eat. Mm -hmm. And there's a big row of hot dogs and... Kid Flash just does a little thing. School days, school days. There's hot dogs and soup and potato chips. I know. Which we never had at my high school. It's funny, too, that those are the three items that he's just, like, super stoked about. Yeah. Hot dogs, soup, and potato chips. Aqualad's stoked, stoked too, and he looks so excited about eating a hot dog. I know. He's, like, reaching for one, too, when... Uh And this is in the middle of an adventure that they're having. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, hot dogs, nice. Well, he actually even foreshadowed it, right? Oh, he did say that he worked up uh, hunger, uh, beating up the guys in the pool. Mm -hmm. But then they get flipped out over to another dimension where there are no hot dogs, and he's very sad. Yeah. I like it when he says, cuddling cuddlefish. (laughs) (laughs) That was a laugh-out-loud moment for me. It was really nice. You had a few in this. when You were reading it while I was in the other room, and I, I heard you laughing out loud. At a number of junctures. Yep. I think for the next one we do, I'm going to have you write down everything that makes you laugh out loud, and we can have that be part of the thing, because I think people would like an insight into that. I would like an insight into that. It's hard not to giggle when you read these things. They are goofy books. Yeah, there's some goofy stuff. There's a few weird Robin moments, too, in this. Mm. At one when they first beam into the other dimension, Kid Flash is like, what the heck just happened? And Robin goes, if I had time, I'd lecture you on the inductance factor of the time-space continuum. But we don't have time. Fuck you, Robin. You don't know what just happened. No. That's not a real thing. Stop just using science words. Typical. Yeah, that is very typical, Robin. What is untypical is he attempts to make a joke. Hmm. And it is atypical enough that the other Titans comment on the fact that, like, look at that, boy Boy Wonder tried to make a joke. How about that? Mm. He went's when they're in the library and they decide to push over the bookshelves on the guys. He's like, let's really throw the book at them. Mm-hmm. And Kid Flash is, I think, kind of shocked that Robin attempted some humor. Mm-hmm. But then after that, isn't he like, stop joking. This is serious. Oh, it was right before that he told them to stop joking. Oh, and then okay. he made a joke. Which, yeah, man, what a dick. Typical Robin. And then later, when he they're trying to evacuate the school mm-hmm. because the invaders have come there, he tells the teacher... You got to evacuate the school. And one of the students says, that's Robin. And he never jokes. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay. I'm glad Robin has a reputation as a humorless dick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I I appreciate that. Yeah. And then we can get on to Kid Flash. And he vibrates through the machine. And that just makes it go haywire and start Mm -hmm. beaming them between dimensions Mm -hmm. for some reason. Back and forth randomly. Yeah. And um, it, it sort of merged the two dimensions together, too, so things would fade in and out. It, I, at first, I think it merged them, and then it made them go back and forth, but mm. it never made sense what was happening. It, it was even oh, it's within... Si- it's science hub. So when there's a complicated piece of machinery, if you vibrate its molecules, sure, it goes haywire. I mean, I, I don't mean scientific sense. I mean story-wise sense. It was very difficult for me to keep track of what was happening from one point to another within the story. Make a list. (laughs) I did. (laughs) And I'm glad you did, too. But it was writing the synopsis for this one was a lot more difficult than other ones have been, just because it's like, wait, why is that happening? That doesn't make any sense. Why did they need to have that happen to be part of the story? 
had to reverse engineer the Yeah, comic. and it was a lot of it felt like almost like a Benny Hill sketch where they're just like <laughs> running around and the people are chasing them and then they're running around. But with no no hope of boobs or No, there was anything. no hope of boobs. <laughs> Which is really what made Benny Hill at all worth that, and I do like the song Yakety Sax. Those are the two things. That really yeah, that was keep, yeah, it, it was on PBS when I was a kid, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what's going on? Is this allowed?" <laughs> I don't think it is, but I'm not going to tell anybody just in case. I'm going to keep watching something else that was about to happen, <laughs> right? But it sure isn't now. Oh, jeez. Kind of like watching MTV when that first came out. You're like, the next one is going to be great. Yeah. Oh, sometimes it was. Every now and then, but man, there was a good, like, there could be those four-hour stretches where like, waiting to see a video. That That's true. Was. So, at one point, too, <laughs> they refer to Kid Flash as the Junior Wizard of Wiz. Mm-hmm. Not the first time. Yeah, but this time, I think before they just called him the Wizard of Wiz, mm. and now it's the Junior Wizard of Wiz, because there is, of course, the Flash... It was the senior Wizard of Wiz. <laughs> it made me wonder if R. Kelly ever called him. Oh boy. <laughs> the Wizard who Wizzes on Juniors. Oh. <laughs> Bad. Yeah, that was terrible. So yeah, Kid Flash decides at the end that the, the water tower blew up for no apparent reason. Dimensional During stuff. all this. Yeah. Dimensional things happen. Water towers blow up. Water towers blow up. Also, when so when Chet knocks out the principal, the principal's gun goes off. Ray gun goes off and mm-hmm. hits the machine, mm-hmm. and that makes the machine um. send everybody back to their original dimension, mm-hmm. except for Chet for some reason, mm-hmm. and also blows up the water tower. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. You're not gonna. I just needed to say it out loud because I. Okay. It's all connected, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Beautiful enough to be hippies. Oh, man. That beautiful? Wow. So then Kid Flash gets eaten. They're like, well, I guess Chet's stuck there. There's nothing we can do about it. And Kid Flash is like, maybe if I run really fast, I can go there. And rather than being like, I don't see how, what does running fast have to do with going there? Or even vibrating your molecules have to go and to dimensions. do with going to another dimension? Mm-hmm. Their immediate response is, I don't think you can run that fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they must know stuff we don't know about dimensions. Well, I would think everyone in the DC Universe, especially Robin, would know things about other dimensions because by 1968, they had traveled to dimensions, other dimensions on a fairly regular basis. Mm. There were regular crossovers with Earth-1, which is where... Or Earth-2. Mm-hmm. I always mix those up because chronologically it seems like it would be Earth-1. Mm-hmm. But that's where... The Golden Age heroes all live, like the original Flash who has, like, the big metal mm-hmm. disc on his head, mm-hmm. and the Justice Society and those guys. Mm. They have regular crossovers with those guys. Mm-hmm. They, I think there was Earth 3, maybe, where there's the Crime Syndicate, which is the evil version of the Justice League. Maybe that's how they knew that he could run there. Maybe. They didn't think he could, because he's not fast enough. <laughs> well, he's a Flash Jr. Yeah, but... The junior well, and maybe it was as an homage to him, but so when he's running around in the circle, I don't know if you caught this, he decides that he needs to run around in a circle first and then vibrate to the other dimension and grab Chet and come back, mm-hmm. which he manages to do, mm-hmm. which somehow also makes everything explode, mm-hmm. everything being the whole other school and, without- and possibly the other dimension. I was not clear on that. All bad guys dead. I would assume so. Mm. And no remorse about that. 
I think they just killed a lot of people. But as he's running around in the circle, the Titans are standing in the middle of the circle, which doesn't seem that safe. Because he can make tornadoes by running around fast, and he's apparently never run this fast before. Mm -hmm. And they're all yelling, go Flash Kid, go, go. Is it out of respect that they're saying Flash Kid instead of Kid Flash? Or did they just get confused? I think they got confused. Okay, I did too. Maybe excited, Mm. caught up in the moment. Yeah, but they got excited enough that all in the same way that they were chanting it in unison. Yeah, I didn't get that part so, it was, so much. It was weird. And also, if he's running so fast that he can run between dimensions, yeah, and he basically tackles Chet to get him out of harm's way... Oh, yeah, he would have shattered Chet. He would have, come, it would have, he been would have like, sheared him in half. Yeah, no, it would have been like Gallagher hitting a watermelon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All the other invaders would, would be in the splash zone. Because he's leaving toppled invaders in his wake as he runs in the scene in which he he yeah, runs by to, them yeah. yeah they're like being thrown off willy yeah nilly it's like in torque when the guy drives the car so fast that all the cars that he drives it by explode i'm sorry it's not a car it's a motorcycle oh the ice ice cube yeah the ice cube vehicle oh such a good move you guys should go watch torque it's terrible but it's terrible in such a wonderful it's way it's a lot of fun it's, uh, it's a feel good and john doe plays a sheriff in it hmm from the band X. That's fun. Adam Scott's in it, too. There's all kinds of people. That's great. That's a good time. But yeah, a guy who drives a motorcycle in that so fast that everything he drives by, it explodes. Mm-hmm. Which is really good. Mm-hmm. That's a fast motorcycle. It's a fast motorcycle. and also, But if he had driven that into Chet, Chet would have exploded. <laughs> That's too. the point I'm trying to make. I think even in the movie Torque, Chet would have exploded. Mm-hmm. Well, because so, Torque was much more based in reality <laughs> than this comic book. That's what I'm saying, and that's saying something. That is really <laughs> saying something. Damn. Yeah, and they don't feel bad that they killed a lot of people. No, that's creepy. I just have one other thing that I want to touch on real quickly before we get into the best panel, best slang, sure. best titan. When they're trying to evacuate the high school, Wonder Girl comes on a scene where they're doing a rehearsal for Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that was weird. It was weird, and I really liked it, because she she's up in the balcony area, and then the teens blink back into the dimension that she's in, and this time there are invaders there. Mm-hmm. She runs off to fight the invaders, and then the kid who's playing Romeo is like, Wonder Girl needs my keen blade! Mm-hmm. And the Juliet lady's like, don't abandon me. And she's like, I got to. And Wonder Girl, rather than being like, I got this, is like, that's right, he's got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that cracked I need up. his toy sword to help fight these guys off. Uh, that was one of the panels in which I giggled. Yeah, I was. It was. It was nice. Mm-hmm. I like Wonder Girl a lot. She's great. I also like that the when the kids in the middle of reciting his lines and he's like blah blah blah, you know, blah 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 Shakespeare stuff. Wonder Girl. Yeah, she's totally flustered and thrown off. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be? Indeed. What was your favorite panel? Oh boy, I this one I I had three of them. To, to 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 get through. Okay, I had two. What okay. was yours? So the first one is, and it's one that we referenced already, and it's when Chet first, not teleports, but zaps himself into that other dimension, and it's this like total like psychedelic bad trip thing where he's like floating in this trippy background, and his giant word bubble and extra bold letters. He's just saying, he says, "Um, hey, what's happening?" Yeah, no. That's really good, and that is also the one... That, that's one of mine, too. Mm. And it is also the one where he's saying... The spin-the-bottle yeah, thing. Right? The spin-the-bottle when he was six years old yeah. thing. But I just like that that's his... Like, hey, what's happening? Yeah. 
<laughs> and then, the, and it's the, really cool looking. Like it, it is again. We talked about this in the gargoyle one. It's like Ditko style looking, yeah. like weird geometric shapes in bubbles, lots of negative space. Really trippy looking stuff. And uh, the second time that he gets zapped back, he says, "It's happening again." <laughs> those are those are very good. Okay, so that was my first one. That's uh-huh. when he gets zapped. The second one. Is the the scene also that you already talked about? I think it's on page ten where Kid Flash is running around in a circle, clapping erasers together. <laughs> we did not talk about that. I don't think uh, he makes a smoke screen by clapping erasers yeah. together at super speed, and it's delightful. Yeah, it's just it's cute <laughs> and funny. And the bad guys are all like, "Ah, what's this?" Yeah, they can't see chalk dust. Mm-hmm. That's what you guys get. Okay. And then the third one, which also we've already touched on, is the one where <laughs> Aqualad wants his, a hot dog. He wants a hot dog so bad. And he's reaching for it, and then they go, bloop! <laughs> like, like, out of existence. And it's just like, ah! Oh, Man, that kid cannot catch a break. No, he's had a rough, <laughs> a rough turn. I'm glad he got to beat some people. I'm, gl- I'm so glad the high school had a swimming pool If they didn't pool have a it. pool... Oh. I was, weren't you worried for him when he was in the other dimension, too? Because, like, they don't know if there's water there. Yeah, but he is so brave. Does he die if he's in another dimension without water? Or I would assume differently? so. I don't think it would work differently in another dimension. We'd have to ask Robin for sure. <laughs> I was worried. Everybody did throughout the issue to, de- like, defer to Robin as to what was happening. And it's like, he doesn't know this shit. No. But he totally acted like he did. He That's his deal, man. So what about you? What was your favorite? Uh... Okay, so I also had the uh, Chet's first trip. Uh, <laughs> what was that? His first trip since he was six. <laughs> and the other one that I had was we we talked about it a little bit, but the one where Chet's classmates are teasing him, and with the ghoulish faces, with the, in the ghoulish background. faces in the background, yeah, and he's he's just like ah. That was another bad trip, kind of psychedelia mm. panel. Yeah, no, that was it, it, it's it's just so creepy it totally is like a bad trip like bad dream type scene and it's yeah really effectively done and the way that cardi draws these like caricaturish faces of his classmates drawn super large and just kind of distorted as they're being mean to him mm-hmm. are really really cool and i think that's the one that's my favorite which one of the three is your favorite i'm gonna pick uh, the hot dog scene <laughs> Good call. Thanks. Okay, what was your favorite slang? Again, with this one, I, I had uh, several to choose from, but my favorite one, it actually doesn't really involve any slang, but it's just a sentence that really cracked me up. Okay. And it's the scene in which Aqualad shows up, and there's a bunch of kids at the pool, and first of all, he's like, you know, thank God there's a pool. Yeah. But there's like a bunch of kids in there playing water polo or something, and he just says, okay, hey, everybody out of the pool. School's been invaded by dimensional zombies. I kid you not, guys. Aqualad's <laughs> the best. <laughs> this is like, he has to add that on because he realizes what he said sounds so totally ridiculous. <laughs> He's like, no, no, guys, I'm serious. Seriously. Get that's, a ni- that's nice. Well, what, what was the other one you had? Uh, the other one is also Aqualad and in a different scene. He says, wow, that was Tripsville. <laughs> you just said that like Shaggy. Did you do that on purpose? No, it just came out. Ah. That's kind of how it sounded in my head when I- that's fair. My favorites are, and I foreshadowed this, but it's Chet's response once Sally blows him off mm-hmm. is, that's sunk it. When a guy's chick turns off, he's really wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was, that was a poignant moment for me And it's well. especially the, the fact that when he says that, he looks like he's about to start crying. Mm-hmm. And the other one is after Chet tells his story, Aqualad 
gives an aside to Robin where he goes, Psst, Robin, you don't buy that yarn, do you? It's out of a brand yeesh comic mag. And I think what he's referring to is at this time, Marvel Comics was publishing a comic called, that was a satire comic, like kind of their attempt to do a Mad Magazine style comic that was called Not Brand Eck, E-C-C-H-H. Hmm. So Robin's attempting, I think, to make a... It doesn't make sense. I could, but I don't know why else it would be a brand yeesh. Because brand yeesh doesn't make sense. Brand ek sounds like brand X. Mm-hmm. Brand yeesh doesn't sound like anything. It isn't a reference to anything. Except mm-hmm. for it kind of sounds like ek. It's, it sounds like the kind of noise they would make if they were doing a parody in Mad Magazine of something. Uh, so maybe he was trying to say that, but the wrong... They were making a joke that he doesn't know how to pronounce. He was, I think he ek. was making a joke that... He doesn't understand what anything happening in society is. Because it's not like a story that would happen in a Mad Magazine-style right. satire comic book. But I think that is what he's referring to. Because, yeah, you'd write, like, Y-E-C-H, not, like, Y-E-E-E-S-H. Yeah. Just how they wrote it. Brand yeesh. Oh, cool. He tries so hard. He does try so hard. Which brings us to... The best Titan. And for me, once again, it is Aqualad. It, it was neck and neck. There is a lot of good Kid Flash stuff in this, too. And he does run very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Fast enough to go through dimensions. And, in fact, fast enough to travel through time as well. Mm-hmm. Because when he goes through dimensions, it says, first he shatters the sound barrier, then the time barrier. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. There's a time barrier? It's like makes me want to go back to school for science so I can understand how this awesome stuff happens. Well, I think that's why they published these. To create uh, more interest in, in hard science like they're discussing these comic books. Mm. Very good. Yeah. It's funny because Kid Flash and Aqualad were also my two uh, fave titans this issue. And um, since you've understandably already given <laughs> Aqualad the nod, I'm just, just going to go to Kid Flash. <laughs> And my reasoning is, other than that awesome pool scene where he does the horror movie bit on the thing, and also the funny turn of phrase, <laughs> seriously, guys, Yeah, is uh, they both screw up and then redeem themselves. They do. And Robin is a dick to both of them when they do it. Like, after the first time when, okay, Robin tells him to go mess up the machine. Mm-hmm. He messes up the machine. Doing as soon exactly as, what he doing was Doing exactly to. what he was told. When he comes back... He's like, hey, Robin, how'd I do it? He's like, boy, you screwed up big time. Uh-huh. It's like, whoa. I know. I just, and he seems so, like, proud of himself, but also, like, really seeking the validation of his peers. Yeah. He's like, okay, guys, I did exactly huh? what the plan huh? was. Huh? Did I do a good job? Yeah. And Robin's like, no, you suck. No, you're bad. Yeah, you're bad. You did a bad job. Bad. These aren't your friends. This is real life. You did a bad job. You did a bad job. <laughs> So yeah, no, I think Kid Flash is a solid choice for this one. Overall, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this issue. It's fun to talk about, and a lot of weird shit happened, and the artwork is beautiful. And I like kind of the story, but it was so disjointed, I I had trouble kind of holding the whole thing together in my mind as it was happening. It was a stretch. Yeah. I don't think it's Haney's best work, but I do like where it's headed. Keeping things weird. Indeed. Yeah, my only... Normally, I have a fair amount of, like, uh, the other category of notes, which is, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the cool stuff that happened, and the only thing I wrote down was, why a high school? (laughs) We'll never know. Because they gotta stomp out those goddamn Wolverines somehow. That's... That must be the answer. Wolverine! Well, uh, thanks for, uh... Thanks for joining me for this. It was was fun, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Likewise. 
So last week I did appear on another podcast. It is the Hideous Creatures Show. I think it was episode 219. I was a guest. If you guys wanted to check it out, you should. I maybe overshare some information <laughs> on it. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And you should listen to that podcast in general because uh, it's 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 funny. June so, does a great job. June does do a great job. And check it out. So check it out. And continue to check out our stuff. And yeah, say nice things. Do the review things. Those are good. Those are good things to do. I would like to get more people to listen to the podcast. I think that would be fun. So if you could leave us a favor, favorable review, then if, that would help out. Even a favorite. Even a favorite. A farva proof. Yeah, a farva, farva proof it. Brett Farvin. Yeah, Brett Farvin. <laughs> <laughs> We're just saying words that sound like words, uh, but aren't really words. Hey, Brett Farva is a word. Hey. Name. <laughs> Brett Farva is a name. Uh-huh. All right. Do a good job. Do a good job. Yeah, do a good job. Peace and farewell. And they knew it.